gentlemen, please welcome to the stage, Virgil, Texas. Uh, 
Did anyone vote twice today? <laughs> Just remember, folks, if you saw someone voting today not known to you personally, they were committing voter fraud, and I hope you reported them to Project Veritas. Um, yeah, this is, uh, this is all it. This is what we've all been waiting for. The Apocalypse 2016. So it all comes down to, it's been a long journey. We've been on this road together. But uh, tonight we're gonna be bringing it to you. I couldn't imagine a better place to be than Genius Headquarters here with all of you. Give yourself a hand. I'd just like to say, uh, please enjoy the drinks and tip your bartenders. The drinks tonight are provided by Marina Abramovich and John Podesta's Spirit Cooking Catering Company. Like I said, tip your bartenders, and a little bit later we'll be uh, passing around uh, Susan B. Anthony's skull. <laughs> and if you could just leave a little donation of blood, semen, or uh, saliva if you feel tapped out of the uh, other two. Um, so, like I said, this is the, the Chapo News Network Senior Elections Analyst Desk. We're here to bring you the breaking news as it happens. Gentlemen, I don't know what you guys feel about tonight, but um, I, I think Trump's gonna, gonna win it. I think he's gonna take it. Absolutely. I think once returns come in from crucial counties like Raytheon Acres, Virginia, and uh, Outdoor Swimming Pool, Florida, and White Flight, Ohio, uh, the Trump train is going to come out of the station with a pretty big head of steam. Everyday Americans are standing up. They're sick of the globalists. They're sick of the hordes that sit at their door. And they are looking for permission to go safety off in the field of flight. <laughs> no, you know, but if you had stayed in tonight and you were watching, you know, uh, PBS, CNN, MSNBC, even Fox, they'd probably be selling you a line of bullshit. But we're here to give you the straight, 100% truth. And uh, it's, I think it's going to be Trump. I think he's going to do it. <laughs> President Trump, it's going to happen. Prepare your bodies for the thunder, no. <laughs> uh, as you can see behind us, uh, we have our big board. This is the big board, and uh, we'll be checking in periodically throughout the night. Let's, let's, what does it look like now? Uh, things are pretty static right now on the big board. Um, no movement as of now. Uh, we see, you know, America, each one of those dots is a, very, is a crucial county in a swing state. <laughs> that is going to be targeted when I issue Wing Attack Plan R. Um, but no, we actually do have our own uh, John King here tonight, Virgil, Texas. So I think for the first time this evening, let's check in with him on where things stand in the actual state of play. At, let's call it 826 Eastern Standard Time. Where it are we at? 826, and most polls have closed east of the Mississippi River. Many safe states have been called, and no big surprises on the map so far. The electoral vote uh, currently stands as 44 for Hillary Clinton, 51 for Donald Trump. Told you. Uh, However, uh, yeah. for Trump, uh, you know, many of these safe states, uh, no surprises for Trump, Kentucky, West Virginia, Indiana, South Carolina for Hillary, Maryland, New Jersey, Massachusetts, and Vermont. Vermont, of course, Bernie Sanders' home state, where he has a 90% approval rating. 
Largely because women are not allowed to vote in Vermont or speak in church or at socialist action meetings. So the fact that these white male misogynists are breaking for Hillary Augers ball for a chance tonight. But let's look at the swing states. They are too close to call, but Hillary's position looks very strong in Michigan, Pennsylvania, North Carolina, and Virginia, and Florida. Uh, now, you say, you say that, but... New York and California, I have a feeling they're going to go for Trump. People forget, people forget New York is Trump's home state. He has home field advantage in, in this state. And let's, not all, let's also not forget, he has experience in the entertainment industry, in movies and television. That's going to that's gonna be strong in California. They, Very they, strong. I, they, they called Illinois too quick, too. Uh, people outside of Chicago, and many people in Chicago, are sick of hip-hop thuggery. And Donald Trump has called it out, and he is going to win the late-breaking vote by a conservative 20 points. Well, Felix, uh, the real bellwether here is Ohio, General. where Trump... I'm sorry, uh, General. Thank you. Uh, where in Ohio, Trump has clung to a small one- to two-point lead in the polls in the past two weeks. Hillary is currently leading in Ohio by a margin of about 110,000 votes. You haven't uncut the polls, though. Well, interestingly, this is the one big state that Nate Silver predicted Donald Trump would win and Carl Diggler predicted Hillary Clinton will win, so that is the state to watch tonight. And Hillary currently <laughs> leading the state of Ohio. I work with uh, Mr. Diggler's father, and uh, his son is a disgrace. <laughs> Um, uh, Virgil, I don't know if you have it in front of you right now, but can we just have a brief check-in with the only uh, elections pundit that matters, uh, Bill Mitchell? Yeah, of course. <laughs> can we get a, just a brief reading of uh, what Bill is up to? Uh, all right, uh, just the words, folks, folks, just watch the map, you'll know what I know. <laughs> uh, guys, I'm watching the same thing you are. <laughs> Take the gun out of your mouth, Jeff. <laughs> he is not, he, he was tweeting at a very good clip earlier this afternoon. Like, I would see firing up three a minute, and now there's like a ten minute lag between oh, them. Oh, he's uh, deep into the frenzy box right now. <laughs> I may need uh, an air deploy to uh, reinforce this crucial soldier. Bill is refreshing Yahoo answers for answers to his question who is going to win. <laughs> Uh, I, I, how, how do things look in Pennsylvania? Is it too early to tell? I mean, I saw shocking reports today of uh, people being driven to the polls to vote. Outrageous. For oh, my God. Outrageous. Can you believe that? If you can't get yourself to the polls, you can't vote. That is a rule. <laughs> this is illegal. This is, uh, like, there's blatant voter fraud going on. It's, it's documented. There's video. There's I, video of it. So we cannot rely on any of these results that we're seeing now. None of them. And remember one important thing. There is a little-known clause in the Constitution that states that if any candidate receives 69% of the vote in any state, they automatically win the election. So it all is everybody's ballgame right now, folks. Uh, I just want to say that uh, if you voted in Pennsylvania today, you know, I'm also a military reporter. Uh, if you are a former Bernie voter, Bernie delegate, or Bernie Sanders himself, and you are voting for Donald Trump, <laughs> Please contact me. In, uh, it's too early to say in Pennsylvania, but in Philadelphia, three precincts out of 1,686 are reporting, and they show Hillary at 97.2% in the city of Philadelphia. Fraud. Impossible. Fraud. Absolute fraud. Absolute fraud. Um, but basically, all, all, all this, you know, the, the results are coming in, but really, folks, um, it all comes down to, to votes. 
you know? <laughs> it's all about votes right now, you know? The candidates, uh, the campaign's over. And, you know, if you're Donald Trump or you're Hillary Clinton, you're with your team right now, and you're just hoping, hoping to get more votes than the other person. Oh, uh, Will, sorry to cut you off. Bill Mitchell just tweeted, uh, Trump just won Alabama. <laughs> this plan, it's over. It's all going to be plan, everyone. This Trump, 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 Trump. Uncuck that boy. Uncuck that boy. No, it's all about votes. And, I, I, you know, I got to say, folks, the candidate who gets more votes than the other one stands a pretty good shot of winning this election tonight. But you, you can't forget about states, though. Because you can get more votes than the other person, but if you got all the votes in California, but your opponent won all the other states, well, uh, good luck moving into the White House. Yeah, I think we can safely say whichever campaign is better at getting people to the polls will win. Absolutely. That's why 538 pays me the big bucks. But um, the thing about votes is that every vote reflects a human being. Behind every vote is a person. And behind every person is a crude stereotype that can be mined and exploited for entertainment and punditry purposes. That's where I come in, folks. Yes, uh, I'd like to turn over now to uh, senior uh, demographic winter analyst, uh, Matthew Chrisman, to break down some of the key groups that are going to make or break tonight's big game. That's right. These votes in these states are really going to come down to specific subsets of the electorate that both campaigns have done a very good job of micro-targeting. Basically, whichever campaign does a better job of micro-targeting to these key swing demographics, that's the campaign that's going to win. And one of the most important ones is what I like to call gluten-free or gluten-intolerant uncles. Now, gluten-intolerant uncles, now these are men, they have no direct family of their own, but they identify very much with their status as an avuncular presence in the lives of their nieces and nephews, and who have celiac disease. Now this is a key group of voters in swing districts of both Virginia and North Carolina. Now this year they seem to be drawn to Hillary Clinton's American's Fun Aunt persona and her constant feigning, which reminds them of their own struggles with accidentally ingesting wheat. Another important swing constituency is crossbow wine moms. Now, here we're talking about homemakers who have one or more school-aged children and spend their days enjoying moderately priced white wines and mastering the deadly art of the crossbow. Significantly influential in suburban Iowa and Ohio. These fun-loving, vivacious women, they've been trending Trump all year due to his promise to, quote, riddle ISIS with thousands upon thousands of crossbow bolts. Do, uh, do, do, are they more uh, open-toed wearers or uh, vibrants, something crazy? Uh, I think we're talking flip-flops on the weekend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I would love to micro-target them. Another important swim constituency, Matsek Pisshog Millennials. <laughs> now we're talking about young, 
urban professionals who love getting pissed on like the disgusting pigs that they are. And maintaining a strong national defense. They're drawn to Hillary's strong stance against Russian aggression and also to the image of her standing over them and showering them in hot urine. Another uh, who is that, by the way? I don't remember. That's, that, that's noted. That's oh, oh Stephen Pritchett. Yeah, oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that when I chose that image to illustrate this. Uh, noted Matsek Pissog millennial Jamie Kirchick. Another important consideration. No, why are my man's teeth so big? Why his cheeks so big? Yo, my, yo, my man Jamie Kirchick. You, smi- you fucking, you carrying acorns for winter, my dude? Yo, my, my man's smile is so gummy. His Instagram is sponsored by Sour Patch Kids. <laughs> Sorry, Ooh, sorry uh, that's not a comment. No. Excuse me. Uh, uh, you should retract that blunder. Um, that's actually just a sweet. <laughs> Another important constituency. STEM grads in Grimace costumes. <laughs> now, this is pretty self-explanatory. These are people with advanced degrees in science and technology fields. They're well-paid. They're looking to start a family. And they love to unwind after a stressful day of coding by dressing up like the famous purple McDonaldlands character. A small sector of the electorate, certainly, but they could make the difference in New Hampshire if they vote as a block. Now, this group has been defined by, they've defied the broader trend of college-educated whites supporting Hillary. They've tended towards Trump. And that may have something to do with the existence of the, I don't know if you've heard of this, but the Trump-endorsing white nationalist rap meme, Moonman, who reminds them of the classic McDonald's spokesman, Matt Tonight. And we've been talking about micro slices of the electorate. There is no slice of the electorate smaller than the next one, Dolph Lundgren. (laughs) Now you might wonder, why are we talking about a single person? Well, that's because he could be the difference in swaying which way the Expendables cast goes. Now, most of the Expendables cast have been a strong source of support for Trump throughout the campaign. Stallone, Willis, Jean-Claude Van Damme, Chuck Norris, Kelsey Grammer, they're all on the Trump train. (laughs) But with noted malcontent Mickey Rourke condemning Trump for his antics. Uh, Just to break in quickly, uh, Mickey earlier in the year said of Trump, quote, he can suck my dick. He would be destroyed. I'm called for. That's not, that's not the kind of civility politics that I practice. So to this point, Dolph Lundgren has been silent on his preferences. But if you were to make a late election day break and endorse one or the other, you could see a chain reaction from the rest of the expendables. We're talking Mel Gibson, Wesley Snipes, even Antonio Banderas. They could all stampede to either Trump or Hillary. If Antonio Banderas votes in this election, by the way, it'll be another sign of fraud, obviously, <laughs> and uh, stealing this election from Trump. And finally, there's one group that may be more important than any other in determining who is the next person to sit at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, and that is the Dang Minions. What? <laughs> now, what we can know about what do we know about the Minions? One, they're immortal, which means they're old enough to vote. Two, they are incredibly numerous, which means they could be the key constituency to win certain swing states. Uh, They're noted for high voter turnout, and they're incredibly fickle loyalty. So, basically, whoever they determine is the most evil at the end of election day is going to be who they vote for, and very likely will be the next president of the United States. 
question about the minions. Uh, the typical, <laughs> typical minion, uh, how many of their grandparents were born in the United States? <laughs> I don't have that data in front of me, I'm sorry. Useless. Okay, so th those are some of the groups that uh, we got to keep a close eye on tonight when we go back to the big board. Let's check in back again with the big board, everybody. Hold on. Okay, um, things, things are looking pretty static on the big board. No big changes there. It's still big. Uh, it's still a board. Um, but uh, Virgil, uh, any, any election news since we last checked in? In the state of Florida, less than 100,000 votes separates out of, out of nearly uh, 4 point, I'm sorry, 8.3 million votes separates the two candidates. Trump is up by less than 100,000 votes, but we're still waiting on these numbers from heavily Latino Broward County, Palm Beach County. In Ohio, the situation is different. Clinton is up about 70,000 votes with 20% in. Both of these on a razor's edge. Ooh. Ah. Mm, it's, look, look, okay? Breathing with me? Breathing with me, doctor? Conservatives work. They're just getting off work. <laughs> They're about to storm the polls. Who, who's to say that Latinos aren't gonna vote for better immigration? They're, you know, come on. Well, all the Latinos are voting are the ones who came here the right way, mm -hmm. so they're, they're definitely on the Trump train. You're right, you're right. There's nothing to worry about, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's on a razor's edge. Uh, breaking character for a second. Wouldn't it be funny if uh, all these big states just started falling for Trump right now? <laughs> that would sort of... Uh, Everyone alter the energy with their own ones? Yeah. Well, uh, we do have um, some Kool-Aid later, should that happen? Maybe I'll... <laughs> Maybe you'll join us in consuming it. I mean, you'll, I mean, lay down and die, everybody. You have to. You have to. You don't have a choice. It was you read the, the fine print on the event right. If you if, if you do want to drink the Kool Aid, you need to be wearing the matching Nikes that I specified. <laughs> I hope you all were following our Twitter account today. There is also there is also great news though for Hillary out of North Carolina and Wake County. She is beating Obama's 2012 pace. And the big story here was that black turnout would be depressed because the GOP legislature there cut early voting hours, uh, reduced the number of early voting uh, locations to one per county, uh, put that location on the top of a very steep hill, uh, put some sort of amphibian uh, guarding that location who would ask you a riddle of some kind, which I believe was recently found unconstitutional by a local court uh, that constituted a poll tax, that riddle. Uh, I don't think we donated enough money to, the, to them. Um, but yeah, no, so we checked in with Matt about um, domestic affairs. Who are the American people? Who are they voting for? Who are they watching? Who are they going for this election? But, you know, Americans are not the only people watching this election. The whole other is watching the election. I mean, like, other people not in American. The foreigners. The savage hordes baying at our doorstep. They were watching this election, too, and wondering, are we going to be strong? Or are we going to be weak? Uh, I'm turning this over now to Admiral Biederman uh, to bring us an international uh, foreign policy NATSEC angle on this election. Greetings. <laughs> All right. So, no matter who wins, we are faced with the same threats that we always are. Now, one candidate knows how to fight these threats. The other uh, would like to give our soldiers more genders to pick from, but tighter rules of engagement. I would like to see the first slide to explain it to these people. 
What you see right here is intelligence we have collected about Iranian military capabilities. Now, in the time of the Shah, a decadent and weak ruler, Iranian troops were permitted to come willy-nilly. They were just depleted sacks in the wind, and we could have rolled them over any time we wanted. But since the Ayatollahs took over the country, a new regime has taken place. Iranian soldiers are participating in NoFap at record pace. <laughs> As you see, the less time they spend masturbating, the more time they work on their nuclear program. <laughs> you may uh, notice that breaking point up there. Uh, Admiral Biederman, I noticed one of the uh, data points on this graph here uh, refers to the award-winning uh, amateur pornography series Bang Bus. Could you explain how that factors into this? Bang Bus was a disaster for the American military. <laughs> Entire divisions of our army share a single account to access Bang Bus. They have no stocks left. But due to Iranian information technology, they haven't even heard of it yet. That portends badly. Next slide, please. I will show you why. You see, NoFap does not just cleanse the mind, it gives you physical benefits too. Now, when you are not participating in NoFap, you are expelling fluids. They come from one part of the body. They come from the lower part of the body. What happens when you keep them in? You have a higher center of gravity right around here because you are not letting your fluids go anywhere. It's like you have two kettlebells up and, up and below your dick. Now, this will steady the aim, as you see in this uh, artist simulation of a Hezbollah soldier. He is shooting straight, he is shooting narrow, and he is shooting to kill us. What happens when we shoot back? Our nutsacks are like deflated beach balls, and we're spraying all over the place. We will be lucky if we hit anybody. Uh, one, another problem with spirit cooking. Yes. Uh, now, but like, uh, Admiral Biederman, I think we should turn now to uh, what is likely to be uh, the hottest zone in the world next year, the most erogenous zone in foreign policy. And I'm speaking, of course, about Syria, which the next president will have to deal with. Yeah. All right, let's uh, roll into that <laughs> Let's start with the let's start with the absolute strongest part of Syria. You see right there in Homs government, a particularly sectarian part, but trains their mind in gaming. Should Hillary invade Syria with her limited rules of engagement? multi-confessional, multi-gender, uh, pluralistic, disgusting globalist army. They will be decimated by gamers on all sides. <laughs> however, however, you go a little bit north, you go up to uh, Al Raqqa governance, you hear one of the most inspiring entrepreneurial historians 
of the last few years. I am talking about the Islamic State. <laughs> An exciting startup that, you know, look, we don't do anything with everything they do, no. Does it show initiative? Yes. <laughs> then, to the east, in, uh, right there, right there, the most inspiring feminist clapback of 2016. I'm talking about the YTG. <laughs> Unfortunately, they are a uh, victim to Turkish artillery clapback. So uh, yeah, we'll see which one wins out at the end of the day. Uh, but hey, it all depends on what happens right down there in Damascus. Bashar al-Assad, they all said he would fall. But he started reading Guerrilla Mindset. <laughs> With alpha posture, essential oils, stopped bathing. He is slowly taking back his country with nagging and keno techniques. <laughs> Reporting for duty. Admiral Biederman, everybody. Okay, uh, let's, uh, let's check back in with the big board. What's it look like? All right, uh, two down ballot races that we're looking at here in Indiana. Evan Bai has lost his uh, comeback campaign. Oh, thank God! Woo! Uh, Woo! Uh, meanwhile, in Florida, Marco Rubio has won a second term in the U.S. Senate. This little guy! Uh, overall, in Ohio and North Carolina, Hillary maintains a lead, but Florida is trending away from her. This is going to come down to the wire. Ooh, Bill Mitchell said, I just checked his feed, and, and uh, he said the New York Times put Florida in the almost likely for Trump. Ooh. Ooh. Keep drinking, everybody. <laughs> we'll be here all night. Um, so, uh, moving on now. Um, like I said, as senior elections analysts at the Project Paperclip Institute for American Democracy, um, I have a machine, a doomsday machine, uh, but one of its functions is the ability to see into alternate dimensions. And I'd like now to report on some of the election news that is coming in across the wire and bleeding into our own reality now. Uh, news here. Uh, in the Man in the High Castle universe, uh, we can now report that uh, Martin Borman III has been declared the new Supreme <laughs> Reich Chancellor in a stunning rebuke of the party's ongoing war with the Japanese Empire. Now, interesting uh, ballot measure. Many thought that the recent uh, wiki leak of the Grasshopper Lies Heavy screenplay would affect the outcome of this election, but defying the majority of conventional wisdom of voters in the right chose to continue living in the counterfeit, counterfactual universe rather than Brexit into our own reality where the Allies won the war. <laughs> Moving on, uh, in the alternate timeline where Al Gore won the 2000 election, uh, there is no news at the ballot box to report, as that is now haram. But uh, the 14th anniversary of America's surrender to radical Islam is well underway, and the people of the new American caliphate could not be happier. They're che cheering in the streets. Um, also, uh, coming in just now, this is coming in just now across the wire. I'm going to read it as it happens, but this is in the... Uh, H.P. Lovecraft uh, dimension. I'm just going to read it as it come in. Uh, Nairartholhotep, stop. The Crawling Chaos, stop. I am the last, stop. I will tell the audience void, stop. Quote, the general tension here is horrible. 
To a season of political and social upheaval was added a strange and brooding apprehension of hideous physical danger, a danger widespread and all-embracing. Such a danger as may be only imagined in the most terrible phantasms of the night. Uh, in any case, uh, candidate Nairothalotep seems to be running unopposed, and as of 8.50 Eastern Standard Time, when nearly 50% of the precinct is reporting, we can state confidently now that half of all American voters have been fed into the gaping cosmic maw of the elder gods. <laughs> uh, finally, last but not least, in the upside-down dimension, uh, Ronald Reagan is still president, <laughs> and the public has voted overwhelmingly in favor of more sentimental, nostalgic bullshit that will be eagerly gobbled up by the dogs we all are. <laughs> all right. Um, now, how many of you here were here uh, for our first show at Genius? <laughs> now, you'll remember during that show, uh, we premiered uh, for the first time the first ever Chapo short film. And we will be doing that again tonight with a series of vignettes called 33 Short Films About Chapo Trap House. <laughs> and I'd like to premiere the first one for you right now. Uh, these are some goats. some goats. I like to uh, come here, you know, once every month, once every couple of weeks and just uh, clear my mind. It's uncanny, you know, when you, uh, when you get this close to them and you look at them. It's amazing how much like us they really are. Makes you think. Makes me think at least. Look at these goats for uh, inspiration. Helps me in what I do. I see myself in them, and I see what I want to be. Hello, Luma. Hello, Daphne. Hello, Phila. Luma. Bye, Luma. Bye, Diane. Bye, Ozma. Goodbye. Just like people.
call that segment uh, Black Hillis. <laughs> um, okay. Moving on um, to probably our uh, most well-known bit. Uh, any fans of the uh, Chapo Trap House Reading Series? You know what the fuck it is. You know what time it is. It's time to, it's time to read. <laughs> it's not Ross Dalbert tonight, but uh, it's even better. I've, uh, I've been saving this one for a special occasion, and there is no more special occasion than tonight. Uh, the book just came out the other week, uh, and this is, I think, uh, now the first uh, work of literature, of actual fiction, that we're going to be reading now in the reading series. Besides the ones that are clearly uh, Roger's friends aggravating his unreality issues. Yeah, aside from the emails uh, Roger's friends send him with a flashlight under their chin in a darkened room, this will be the first piece of fiction in the Chapa reading series. And of course, I'm talking about published last week, ripped from the headlines, true life, real life, Tom Clancy style thriller from our good friend, Ben Shapiro. <laughs> The manless revenge. True allegiance. Ben? What are those? <laughs> Something Boshu's family. Okay, I'm gonna read uh, I'm gonna read now from the flat copy for this book to give you an idea of what it is. I'm gonna just, okay, I'm gonna do it in Benchgirl's voice. New York Times best-selling author Ben Shapiro's new novel asks how close are we to our country's collapse and will we be able to stop it once it begins? America is coming apart. An illegal immigration crisis has broken out along America's southern border. There are race riots in Detroit. A fiery female rancher turned militia leader has vowed revenge on the president for his arrogant policies. And the world's most notorious terrorist is planning a massive attack that could destroy the United States as we know it. Meanwhile, the president is too consumed by legacy-seeking to see our country in deep peril. Like I said, folks, ripped from the headlines. If this doesn't sound like a news report to you, I mean, it's, it's fiction, but it's frighteningly true to how close... There we go. Uh, Brett Hawthorne is the youngest general in the United States Army, and he's stuck alone behind enemy lines in Afghanistan. And he has the last lost soldier of a failed war, fighting to stay alive and make it back home. But will he be able to stop the collapse of America in time? Oh, God. We'll, we'll be doing that again. Uh, all right, uh, so to give you some more context for this book, right? That, that, that sounded pretty lit. I just want to read here, uh, this is from a review of the book, published in the uh, Independent Journal Review. Any fans of that uh, August publication here? Hey, Johnson, what up? Okay. Uh, the headline here is, Ben Shapiro's True Allegiance is a Chillingly Sharp Portrait of the United States in Chaos. <laughs> what we as Americans take for granted, security, comfort, the blissful banality of everyday routine. And, and twins! <laughs> I was going to say the blissful banality of every everyday routine and Ben Shapiro's prose. <laughs> He's violently shaken in the first few sentences of True Allegiance, Ben Shapiro's debut novel. 
After a terror attack rocks New York City, the parallel stories of five central characters are carefully woven together in a thrilling and often frighteningly close to home narrative. I just want to read the, uh, just this one thing about uh, the, the five characters that are uh, profiled in this book are Brett Hawthorne, a military hero who knows more than he should, <laughs> the cheerleader, the freak, the jock. The brain. Soledad Ramirez. This is uh, this is uh, Hispanic Sarah Palin in uh, Ben Shapiro's uh, mind. She's quote a California rancher who makes herself an enemy of the state. Ready for this one? Oh, Le yes. Levon Williams, a power-hungry race hustler in Detroit. <laughs> oh my God! I can't wait to make more racism. Ellen Hawthorne, a top aide to a beleaguered border state governor. Now, I said that their stories would come together as the narrative. Uh, I think Ellen Hawthorne and Brent Hawthorne are related. I don't know. We'll, we'll see how that happens. Well, well I, I gotta say, props to uh, little Ben for making a pro-incest novel. <laughs> Very courageous. And finally, Mark Prescott, a self-aggrandizing president. They propel the sprawling story of a terror attack and its aftermath. I love the Mark Prescott character. It's got to be the most, like, Decker or President Davison shit ever written in what is ostensibly a serious book. Oh, uh, well, well, well I, I just thought that when I turned the Constitution into the Koran that they would start respecting us. Okay, thank God for uh, Amazon's free preview, because I'm going to read now from the uh, profile. <laughs> Uh, by the time Jennifer Collier hit the George Washington Bridge, it was already almost 9 a.m. Rush hour. The bridge turned into an enormous parking lot. Jennifer looked out at the sea of red lights before her, stretching all the way into New York and sighed. There had to be 30,000 cars on this bridge, all of them moving two miles an hour. Ah, uh, she should have taken a train on the Jersey Transit. Uh, Jennifer will glance at her watch and sigh, blah, 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 which is when she heard it. The bridge groaned. It was loud, low groans made the car vibrate. Oh! <laughs> Julie woke up. What was that, she asked drowsily. Nothing, said Jennifer. Probably just a plane overhead. But it wasn't, of course. Mommy, that's not a plane, said Julie, wide awake now. The groaning continued, booming from beneath them. The bridge was undulating slightly up and down. Oh, yeah. Don't this, stop. This sounds like one of the... This sounds like an uh, urban legend I've heard before called the female orgasm. <laughs> Do not buy it. Jennifer could see the cables of the suspension bridge oscillating like the strings of a guitar. That's a good analogy. Wait, oh. <laughs> I love to get my guitar and oscillate the shit out of the strings. <laughs> it, it goes on, uh, you know, it says the flames leaping from an engine of a smashed Toyota. Jennifer could see a man's arm, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the bridge before Jennifer tilted sideways. Sideways, the 604-foot tower began to lean almost gracefully to her right. Jennifer screamed, but was drowned out in ear-splitting, cracking noise, hundreds of thousands of tons of steel twisting and bending and grating on each other. The sound of a million airplanes all crashing at once. <laughs> I love that you're, you're sitting in a, a, a fucking Oh, wow. A, a thousand airplanes crashing would be really loud. Can you imagine a million airplanes crashing? Imagine 9-11. Now imagine 9-11 times a billion. Wow, great metaphor. Um, 
I just like this part. She says, uh, she locked eyes with an elderly man driving a silver Lincoln Continental. <laughs> Behind him, she saw one of the enormous metal cables snap clean and slither wildly back and forth like the beginning of Fly Fisherman's Messy Cast. <laughs> I just love the idea that, like, it, like in the, the narrator's head, it's like you're watching a bridge collapse while you're on it, and you're like, oh my god, those steel cables are oscillating wildly like a fly fisherman's first messy cast on an early morning in a Wyoming river. During a mass casualty attack, everyone turns into Terrence Malick. <laughs> that's, uh, that's what all the, uh, all the black box recordings of 9-11 were like. They were like, the smoke is coming up like wind hitting down a woman's blouse <laughs> during the day of Indian summer. This is really good, though, but uh, uh, it's literally... Look out, she shouted at the man. He couldn't hear her, but he turned to follow her eyes. They're in different cars on a bridge while it's collapsing. Uh, the cable ripped through the Lincoln, slicing its occupant in half vertically. A jet stream of, a jet stream of red following its wake, splattering Jennifer's windshield. Wait a minute! This is for Final Destination 5. Yeah, this is for Final Destination This is some straight plagiarism. I like that he had the details slicing his occupant in half vertically. Because getting sliced in half by a cable horizontally would suck, but vertically, oh my god, that's grim. This is what people mean by it's frighteningly real. She opened her mouth to scream and realized she was already screaming so hard no sound was emerging. <laughs> That's how it works. Uh, spoiler alert, uh, they die. Uh, they die in their last thoughts are of like uh, a metaphor that this reminds them of. Thanks, Obama. As Jennifer was blown up into a million pieces, like Parmesan being grated, she thought, why does the president penalize success? <laughs> All right, that, that was the prologue. Okay, that, that's setting the stage, but I want to go now into chapter one. Brett Hawthorne. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Brigadier General Brett Hawthorne looked at his M9 magazine and cursed himself. Empty. Brigadier Generals are the most alpha generals, I want to play out. Yeah, uh, because, look, guys who make four-star generals, they never, like, punched a CO because of bad order and got sent down to the brig and got demoted to chef and had to save the ship. <laughs> He's a street general. Uh, no, he's a, uh, a lunchpail general. <laughs> he was sat up against a mud brick hovel in the city's poor part of town. <laughs> even in, even in Kabul, there was a large income gap. What? <laughs> he just had to get it in there. I just, I just, oh, just, just said in Kabul, I said Kabul, the, the top 1% of opium dealers. Uh, there's a huge gap. You just said, said people wait, live in mud brick huts. I need to get this right. You just said that Kabul has a poor part of town. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a place where like there's a lot of check cashing stores. <laughs> uh, Bodegas, liquor stores. Oh uh, yeah, dude. I live in a uh, little Abbottabad. Uh, it's actually uh, not that bad of a neighborhood. I actually don't consider myself a gentrifier in Kabul. Yeah, I work at a firm that has investments. Okay, for that's good enough. Are you ready for this? Uh, he was sitting up against uh, a mud brick on the poor part of town and felt the sweat trickle down cold between his shoulder blades. Uh. He hadn't been alone for years. Generals always had a personal security detail 
but things had gone hellishly wrong. Hawthorne was a bear of a man. <laughs> it was a bear, all right. How many, how many things do you think the editors crossed out? I mean, like, uh, General Hawthorne's friend was like an otter. Uh, less body hair, very sleek. Uh, sort of a leather father figure. Hawthorne was a bear of a man. 6'3 in his bare feet. Look at that photo, by the way. Scientifically proven, 5 foot 4 inches tall. 6'3 in his bare feet and 215 pounds in his underwear. What? Bare feet and underwear! In his, in his Calvin Klein briefs, uh, air soft, breathable fabric that he worked out in every day. Look, I know that we say this phrase a lot during the reading series, but wow, holy shit, a lot going on here. Uh, he was 215 pounds, wait, wait, 216, wait. if he was wearing his cock ring. With a graying blonde crew cut, Silver Fox, and a face carved of granite. Like Bill Mitchell. Did, yeah. <laughs> he was thinking of Bill Mitchell when he wrote this character. This is my favorite line, right? This is, oh God. But he had plenty of smile lines. He just didn't like showing those to people unless he knew them. Wow, he's, uh, he's like a girl in a Beverly Cleary book. He, he only liked to show the smile lines during a tasteful brunch yeah. uh, okay. with a, 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 a particular subordinate of his, Kurt. Uh, he describes the Hindu Kush mountains in just beautiful language and prose. It really evokes like this, and you feel like you're there when you read Ben Shapiro. Uh, it goes on here. It says, I'm, I'm skipping ahead. It says, it was quiet, except for oh, a few oh, too quiet, except for a few scattered screams and the occasional rapid fire rounds. <laughs> <laughs> Hawthorne sucked in the smell of smoke with every breath. He could see the Kabul Serena Hotel burning. The new coalition government had bragged about the hotel as the standard bearer for the modernization of the city. With its historically imitative Islamic architecture, satellite TV and wireless internet, now the flames licked at the windows as ashes floated down on the city. It wasn't only the building burning, it seemed as though half of the city was on fire. Well, Brett thought to himself, at least I can tell those stupid bastards I told you so. Holy shit, this is a metaphor for never Trump. Uh, Aaron Sorkin ghost wrote this uh, book, by the way. Uh, now it goes back, this is gonna give you some characterization here. It says, uh, Brett Hawthorne was the youngest general in the American military. He'd grown up lower middle class in Chicago. His mother a teacher, who hated the unions. No, no. Uh, his mother a teacher. His father a salesman for the local phone company. When his dad lost his job due to big government regulation, no, I made that part up. Uh, his family moved from the more expensive north side to the south side of Chicago. Felix, represent. Oh yeah. This is how he describes the south side of Chicago. Poorer, industrial, and heavily black. Yeah, look, we have tons of industry on the south side of Chicago. Well, yeah, I grew up in Hyde Park, but uh, look, we got the Milton Friedman uh, factory for liquidizing the poor. Very industrial. He'd been a shy kid, gentle, quiet, built like a reed. But he learned one skill pretty quickly at Thomas Edison High, how to talk his way out of a bad situation. 
That he learned from Derek, the uh, popular Ricky Gervais series where he plays a, uh, <laughs> a, a, a you know, a mentally differently abled uh, janitor in an elderly person's home. Uh, no, he said, on the second day of school, Brett was sitting by himself at lunch. He wasn't one of the Irish kids, and he wasn't one of the Italian kids. <laughs> so he couldn't sit with those clicks. Prison, you know. Uh, and he made the mistake the day before of trying to befriend a couple of the black kids. That hadn't, <laughs> that hadn't gone well. He ended up with a black eye and a few new vocabulary words to add to his dictionary. So today he sat alone until he made the mistake of looking up. Okay, I don't know how to really like describe this next part. I don't even know if I should read it, but uh, he describes how, um, oh God, I was okay. Standing above him, glaring at him, was a behemoth, a black kid named Yard. <laughs> yeah, why not? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Nobody knew his real name. Everybody they called him came. Yard because he had three uncut feet. <laughs> <laughs> because, no, it's because he played on the school football team. Yeah, that's it, I'm sure. St stood six foot five. <laughs> Clocked in at a solid 280 pounds. <laughs> a rock solid 280 And it looked like he was headed straight for a lifetime of prison workouts. Oh. Holy shit. Remember, Ben Shapiro is the not racist conservative. <laughs> ben Shapiro is never Trump. Uh, yeah. If Brennan hadn't looked up, everything would have gone just fine. But then again... This is Brett imagining back while he's watching a, a cowboy burn right now. He's just remembering back. Yeah, he's surrounded by the talent. Okay, I can't. He's like, I remember. I can't, I, I, honestly, I can't even read the rest of it. Sorry, Felix, go ahead. It's like, okay, yeah, so he's surrounded by Taliban forces. Like, he thinks he's about to die, and he's like, God, I remember when I told that black kid that I was the boss of this gym. And we had to wrestle. And uh, it was an underwear match, and he got the best of me, but that's what led me to the military. Now, <laughs> you joke, but I'm not even going to read this, but uh, the next scene that takes place, Yard accuses <laughs> Brett of uh, using the N-word, <laughs> or calling him the N-word, and like I said, I can't even read this scene. But he goes on to describe Brett's growth spurt in the junior institute. <laughs> His growth squirt. <laughs> Like his dad, he bloomed late, but when he did, he put on muscle and height like yeah. a racehorse. Yeah, I did. <laughs> what okay. else did he put okay, on I like a racehorse? <laughs> he sprouted five inches to six foot two. He broadened through the chest, oh, filling yeah. out to a healthy Keep 215. I'm almost there. The coaches ignored him in high school. Yeah, they did. But at the Citadel, he quickly became their favorite. Yeah, he was. I'm the boss now. They would set up a picnic table and watch him shower. This is so damn Okay, fuck it. I, I, I can't even continue reading this. All I gotta say, think about all those descriptions of Brett Hawthorne, and then look at this fucking picture of Ben Shapiro. <laughs> okay, I wanna say, uh, look at the inseam on his pants there. Where is his crotch? <laughs> It's being strategically hidden from potential attackers. Okay, the guy sitting next to him is like in eighth grade. 
Uh, I wanted to give a shout out to Twitter user It's Tony Now, who used science and uh, measurements and such to prove conclusively using the uh, the size measurements for the, the flag that they're standing next to that definitively and unarguably Ben Shapiro is five foot four inches tall. <laughs> And by the way, that uh, flag has fringes on it, so uh, Ben Shapiro is actually 5'9". <laughs> I just gotta say, um, when I was researching uh, True Allegiance, I did check out Ben's timeline, and he retweeted a fan that said, just got the book, sounds like Brett Hawthorne won't be needing a safe space. <laughs> okay. That was Ben Shapiro's True Allegiance, everybody. Uh, uh, breaking away now, um, let's go back to the big board. Hmm, see where we're at. Uh, things look the same, pretty much. But uh, Virgil, what's percolating on the election desk? Uh, first off, a few Senate races to call in Illinois, Tammy Duckworth beats, has beaten Mark Kirk. No! And in the state of Kentucky, nobody thought this was contested, but Rand Paul has won re-election. Hell yeah. yeah! Six more years of proving uh, statists wrong by their own logic. <laughs> Meanwhile, in the presidential race, this is a 50-50 race right now. Trump is still in the lead in Florida, and his lead has increased to about 130,000 votes with 88% reporting. That having been said, we're still waiting on turnout in uh, these uh, three counties, Miami-Dade and Broward and Palm Beach County, which are heavily Latino and saw very, very, very big increase in turnout. But either way, it is going to be close, and I would have to say Trump has the edge in Florida. Meanwhile, in Ohio, with 37%, and Trump has taken the lead there by about 200,000 votes. Now, looking at Hillary's firewall states, uh, in Michigan, only 7% in uh, Trump is leading there by 2,000 votes. Uh, and you can see we're still waiting on results in Wayne County, that's Detroit, Oakland County, that's Detroit suburbs. But in the Panhandle, Marquette County, that's a county that went for Obama in 2012, that is in Trump's column right now. So Hillary really, really needs that African-American vote to come in and come in very strong in Michigan if her firewall is going to stay intact. Do you like to laugh, everybody? <laughs> well, she's, she's winning New Hampshire. She's winning New Hampshire. Hell yeah! Look, uh, Sister Hillary may win a very ugly win, and uh, yeah. Hey, look, we all die. <laughs> oh. Um, okay. <laughs> this is fun. <laughs> Our show is uh, turning out a little different. Than, uh, hey, this is like uh, you know you can't you can't script this, people. This is reality. <laughs> no. Um. Okay. Uh, let's let's move on now to the second in our 33 short films about Chapo Trap House. I always want to support innovation and treats. 
And what we have here is something called the Brookster. It is a chocolate chip cookie that is baked into a brownie. Gotta say, it's getting tough not eating this right now. Just holding it, that's not what I do with treats. It feels unnatural. Treat is to be eaten. I bet it's good though. Brownies are good, right? Chocolate chip cookies are also very good. Stands to reason that when brought together, they would be at least twice as good as even one of them by themselves. Oh, there it is. I definitely taste the brownie as well. It's a delicate duet. A pas de deux of flavors. Chocolate, other chocolate. That stuff that's in a chocolate chip cookie that isn't the chocolate chips. All of them coming together in my mouth. Coming and coming and coming and coming and coming and coming and coming. And blasting flavor across my entire tongue. Real treat boy hours. Hey girl, how you doing? This thing looks like a butt plug. Like a, like one of those really expensive fancy ones with like a remote control. It's just like that. Oh, wait a minute. Now let's taste some more brownie. Yeah. Should have brought milk. I ate it. Did you hear me, New York? I ate your stupid fucking cookie brownie. What else do you have for me? Show me your treats. Show me your treats. Uh, probably in school, like kindergarten. Well, they would bring the milk out. And they'd be like, hey everybody, you get a milk. We're gonna take a nap and you get a milk first. And it's like, we got chocolate and we have regular. And it's like, chocolate, obviously. And from then on, since then, it's been a passion. If I have the choice, give me the chocolate milk. I wanna drink the chocolate milk of life. Give me none of that skim, none of that 2%. Certainly none of that almond bullshit. Fuck almond. Well, almonds are okay if they're like chocolate covered. Once again, you're not, why would you drink a nut? What's going on? What would, it, what would go into your mind to think that drinking a nut would be acceptable? Show some self-respect.
Drink from the udder, as God intended. Okay, so no almond milk or, or soy milk or any kind of nut or plant milk. Out of here. Hemp milk, out of here. Cow basically only. Cow milk only. White chocolate is bullshit. It's not real chocolate. Everyone knows it's not real chocolate. And you can't, you can't close your eyes and, oh, I'm going to pretend it's chocolate. It's not. It's not chocolate. Get it out of here. White chocolate, garbage. Uh, problem with my chow. <laughs> okay, um, you guys are in for a treat. We got a special surprise guest for you tonight. You ready for that? <laughs> Bob God, is that is that James and Domian's music out here? <laughs> Put your hands together for James and Domian, everybody. There's no chairs in this thing. Troops of the left. <laughs> so yeah, we're gonna just have uh, James in whatever character he chooses to play react to some we, breaking I, news. I, I, uh, I'm on limited time because I do have to leave this and go to an alt-right event that's happening. <laughs> it's uh, Gavin McGinnis is having a... Uh, From the looks of it, a fucking victory party. Right? <laughs> a victory party at uh, a little cute uh, boutique Brooklyn bar called Rape Door. <laughs> Gavin McGinnis is a part owner of. So yeah, so uh, we'll have you respond to the latest news, uh, courtesy of Virgil here, who's been looking at the, the latest uh, outcomes. Uh, hi, James. Uh, here's the latest uh, picture out of Ohio right now with 40% reporting. Donald Trump is leading by 200,000 votes. We got 200,000. Donald Trump is up 200,000 in Ohio. What are your thoughts there? What's that percentage-wise? Just like 200 percent? I'm not sure what you asked, but yes. That's Chris. It's Chris Matthews. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. A special chat. The chat box. It's a chat box chat that's special here in this event tonight. Ohio Donald Trump's up 200,000 percent. What do you ask the guy? But looking at Hillary's firewall in Virginia, where Trump has led all night on the basis of the early returns which favor him, that margin is narrowing. The New York Times, uh, not a formal projection, but their models project that Hillary will win Virginia. We're looking at the mar we're looking at the margin in Virginia is narrowing, but that never stopped Donald Trump a narrow margin. He's plow harder. Am I right? This is Skip Jackson said. <laughs> uh, out in Colorado, was 30 minutes ago, finished voting. Uh, Hillary's lead looks pretty strong there on the basis of early returns. Turns out in Denver and Boulder. We got early returns in Denver and Boulder, but it says nothing about Pueblo, Colorado. I get a lot of postcards from Pueblo, Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready to do a self-destruct stamp envelope down to Pueblo, Colorado. I'm just picking up my mail from anyway. Let's see. Uh, I'll get all that orders. Uh, 
this call might be interesting. It's a candidate's home state. There was no drama there. New York is going to Hillary Clinton. New York, yeah, New York State. Yeah. Hillary Clinton is your solid blue state. You got their own. It's a traditional Democratic Party in New York State. Yeah, it's a traditional Democratic Hall and Horace Greeley, in fact. <laughs> First election is Horace Greeley, and then we're both giving a shot. Uh, in the state of Texas, where Democrats were very, very hopeful, where Latino turnout absolutely surged, Donald Trump will keep the state of Texas in the red column. He's going to keep it in the red column, he's going to put it in his own pocket and play with his pocket. <laughs> you know, I get a little bit of a state of Texas refrigerator, cut up magnet, play with your balls in. Pennsylvania is strictly too close to call. One possibly bad sign for Hillary is that in Philadelphia County. Philadelphia! What do you got there? Patrick Genos! Razor Sharp in Philadelphia, Patrick Genos, nobody knows. What kind of one's the cheesesteak you want? It kind of tastes like a toilet or it kind of tastes like a napkin? <laughs> she's, uh, she's slightly outperforming, underperforming Obama. Underperforming Obama, it's a Philadelphia area. What do you think you're trying to accept that? Septa strike. You got that septa strike. What's the problem? Uh, the septa uh, is the public transportation system. In, in well, yeah, so, well, I was just I, I saw words coming across the desk. That's all I knew. <laughs> in North Carolina, Trump is out to a forty-seven thousand vote lead, but that's not even half. Forty-seven thousand votes in North Carolina. Let's go to Pat Cadell. Pat Cadell, the ugliest man in television politics. What do you think? Uh, who's strong for Trump, Chris? Well, that's what I expected from Kathy to that Mike Barnacle here. Mike Barnacle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you guys are different than Patrick Delta. You're American television uh, Mike Barnacle, I have uh, a few of my own original thoughts here about this election. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Now is the winter of our discontent. I'm clearly quoting George Orwell on that one. One <laughs> of the results coming in from Wisconsin. I'm expecting a photo finish right there in Wisconsin. Photo it finish. Might be, with with Feigl, with Feigl, where did you come down? Too early to say only 4% in nothing out of Milwaukee County. 4%. As I'm going to go ahead and call for Garrett Johnson. <laughs> In uh, New Mexico, that's another Hillary firewall state that Donald Trump thought he had a chance in, but it looks like she will keep that in her column, just like Colorado. Right, this fantastic New Mexico, they got a lot of sunset themed artwork that comes out of New Mexico. Most <laughs> <laughs> posters on my walls from Santa Fe right there. Yeah. Fantastic. Chris, are you a fan of those like Coco Pelli figures, the trumpeters, and uh, that sort of uh, southwestern style of art? <laughs> oh, fantastic. Oh, coyotes, a coyote is looking up and howling at something that looks like the name of the artist. Do you think that. Fuchsia, fuchsia. I like my artwork to be fuchsia and purple. Yes, do you think that Hillary's uh, endorsement of producing the turquoise tariff had anything to do with her victory? In North, in I mean, like, listen, the politics that it comes down to, but when you look at the Tim O'Neill, always said the turquoise was the most heavily taxed color in this, and we should reduce our tariffs on turquoise, and I have to credit Tim O'Neill for it. Tremendous terrorism and, and, and standing on that. Back in 1980, when, when Ronald Reagan wanted to raise taxes on turquoise. In the state of New Hampshire, which Hillary has led all night, Donald Trump has taken a lead, but it is still early a 900 vote lead in New Hampshire. Put this baby away. Let's just start marching. Let's just start marching. Let's start goose stepping. Well, Donald Trump is New Hampshire. Let's well, get out of here. We're seeing some very strong early returns for Donald Trump, and I wonder how Slavoj Zizek is responding to this, given his earlier endorsement of Trump uh, versus Hillary. For me, she's 
crisis is one of two unacceptable candidates. Slavos Zizek, for the, the Zizek primary, it is very, it is neck and neck between which side of Zizek wants to agree with the other side of Zizek. For me, this electric is, is like two nostrils. The system is two nostrils that oppress our nasal cavities. And so forth, and so forth, and so forth. Now, uh, now Slavo uh, sort of half-heartedly endorsed Trump. Slavo's Zizek. Endorsement, because I am a communist, anti-communist, and communist again, so that now I am like the merging of McCarthy and Stalin, if you imagine him in one person. <laughs> For me, the Stalin is the worst. He disrupts the system. Almost it's like I just want to be on television, except I'm unbroadcastable. <laughs> it, uh, if things hold up, it, it could be uh, a fun night for Slavo. It could also be a fun night for Paul Giovanni. There is no idea for this fun night for Slavo Zizek. For me, that is if I am ritually castrated twice in one night. That's true. Has not happened since uh, the, uh, Nikolai Ceausescu was taken out of power. You know, from India. All right, Paul Giamatti must be very happy. All right, Giamatti must be thrilled right now. Well, uh, let's, um, let's just put it this way. I am... Uh, I'm really hoping that Ann Coulter might... Uh, Get her dander up tonight. That's what I'm hoping for. Let's just say that um, if we are living in a world of Milo Yiannopoulos, and uh, Milo Yiannopoulos has made a contract to step on me if uh, Donald Trump wins tonight, I guess I am sadomasochistically hoping for Milo Yiannopoulos to be fucking happy tonight. God fuck, you. God, fuck your God! Is that what you want? Is that what you fucking want? Watching these I'm America's fucking blondie. That's right, Hitler's dog. <laughs> Put a cyanide tablet in me and calm down, baby. Hitler's fucking dog. I may take one later tonight. I'm saving up. I do have to wonder, though, given the fact that this is a race that seems like it would have been much more winnable for basically any Democrat other than Hillary. What Bernie Sanders is thinking as he's watching this shit go down. Thank you. Thank you. We are taking some small solace in a number of the smaller races that we are following tonight. Ramila Jayapal, of course, is winning in Seattle, and for that, we are grateful. <laughs> Zephyr Teachout winning a very close election of State New York. We are optimistic that not only will Zephyr Teacher win, but that she will be become the most interestingly named person in America. <laughs> there are a number of the, we are hoping that the sanitation director of Orange County will be a party crat endorsed by our revolution. <laughs> I guess I lost the crowd on that one. <laughs> This is what, uh, this is what could have been, people. Whatever happens after this night when a gun gets taken away from my fucking head. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, 
We should move on. James Adomian, everybody. Put it together for you. Please, yeah. please, please, Trump versus Bernie, uh, live from Brooklyn, is available on vinyl and non-vinyl. <laughs> and you have to hear the album, it's really good. <laughs> Buy early and often, people, James Adobian! Okay. Um, how y'all feeling? I mean, it's a strange energy. <laughs> but... Oh, uh, well, I do have a call to make right now. The networks have not made this call, but it's pretty clear after Miami-Dade, Broward, and Palm Beach have come in that Donald Trump will win the state of Florida by a maybe 1.5% margin. <laughs> uh, the, state of, oh, the state of Ohio, uh, he is beating Hillary Clinton 52 to 44%. That one is probably done as well, but she is hanging tough in Wisconsin. This, uh, is, uh, this is fun. The state of Maine, which is another firewall state, she is up but by just 4,000 votes. Uh, uh, this is, uh, actually, this is funny to me. <laughs> I'm actually laughing. I hope it's as amusing to you guys as it is to me. Uh, well, don't, well, don't say that because they'll, they'll take a picture of you and they'll put the, the Michael Jordan on it and you just look like an asshole. Virgil, do you feel like we should have done our electoral predictions with sites other than Share Blue and Blue Nation Review? Do you think we fucked up a little? Well, we should have listened to both sides. Bill Mitchell, Daily Stormer, Mark Dice. Mark Dice did have some good ideas this time around. Oh, well. Well, yeah, what can you do? What can you do? Uh, the election's almost over. It's, uh... No, no, it isn't. <laughs> well, it will be soon, but it's been a long journey. Looking back, it looks like it's almost over. It's been a long journey. It's one that we've all been on together. It's been on together with Felix and Matt and Virgil and you guys, too. And I don't want us to wake up on uh, Wednesday morning. I mean, I don't want us to wake up on Wednesday morning. <laughs> we'll be, like I said, killing ourselves later tonight. Uh, no, but I, I, I don't want all of these dreams, all of these gems uh, that have happened over this uh, past year to just be lost like tears in the rain. And uh, the best dreams are ads. So I'd like you to join us now in looking back in a retrospective of some of our favorite political ads from the 2016 season. All right, let's roll it. Roll that first ad. Eric Brightens is under attack from Obama's Democrat machine. They're trying to steal another Missouri election. But Eric Brightens is a Eric Wright? Warrior. Eric Third Wright? Back, he brings out the big guns. Eric Brightens. Yeah, that's so. I'm marking this uh, ad down because it doesn't feature the guitar solo for Stranglehold by Ted Nugent. Good news for us, bad news for them. I'm Eric Brightens. Join our mission. Let's take back Missouri. I wonder how he's doing tonight. Uh, my, of course, my reaction to this ad is, uh, who gave him that Gatlin gun? And uh, the man is a goddamn sexual tyrannosaur. Well, you know, the Predator was an illegal alien. So was uh, Jesus Christ. But uh, yeah, he just emptied that whole fucking minigun into like a golf course water trap. What was that like? That's not insurance for that, my uh, friend. A lot of insurance that it took uh, to film that uh, political ad, 
But uh, moving on now, let's look at the lib response to a guy firing off a minigun. I'm Jason Candor. Senator Blunt has been attacking me on guns. Well, in the Army, I learned how to use and respect my rifle. And from the blindfold is SUVs. And in the state legislature, I supported Second Amendment rights. I also believe in background checks so the terrorists can't get their hands on one of these. I approve this message because I'd like to see Senator Blunt do this. Bitch! <laughs> if there is anything that uh, liberals love, it's like joining the military to defeat Republicans by their own logic. This would have been a good contrast ad if they cut to a pic of Roy Blunt at the end. He's just this quivering gelatin man poured into a suit. That's a, that's a tight race right now. I mean, the, the obvious uh, subtext of this ad is its BDSM theme. And uh, yeah, they just, they, they want to be donned. They want to be donned by a guy who put on a blindfold. Or no, the gun is doming him. I'm sorry. Okay, moving on, next ad. Lil Marco, everybody. Bear with us here. It's a real YouTube clip. Remember Lil Marco? Remember the 80s? Yeah. That's what a normal person does. The same one I've made for the last 40 years, the Miami Dolphins. He's been a loser 40 years in a row. <laughs> What's your fantasy football team name? This year, I think we're going to call it the Marco Polos. More nervous before first. That's also what he calls the first college secret football. family. I was more nervous before the first college football game because you were actually going to get hit. Best football game you've ever been to? 1985, Monday Night Football, undefeated Bears against the Dolphins. And I was there with my dad. Never forget that night. Favorite Miami Dolphins cheerleader? That's easy. Jeanette Rubio. Best coaching advice you ever gave your youth team? Have fun. Most important preparation for a big game. Isn't that what's fun? Make sure that there's water nearby. Uh, he's self-aware. He's self-deprecating. Isn't that good? I'm Marco Rubio, and I. Uh, okay, just want to like real quick. You, you may have missed it in the ad, but he said uh, the question was, "What are you more nervous for? Your first college football game or your first debate?" And he said, "Definitely my first college football game because I actually got hit." And our response to that is, "You should have been way more nervous for the debate because you really fucked that one up." Dude. <laughs> I like this ad because he's like, yeah, you know what? I watch football just like a normal guy. Normal guy with his uh, seven secret families who uh, only hangs out with elderly neocons and whisper plans to invade Iran into his ear. Yeah, I'm a normal guy like you. I've got a cheerleader wife. Uh, this is just Harvey Marco's campaign targeted uh, married middle-aged guys who keyword search cheerleader on Pornhub. <laughs> I gotta say, I have not seen a guy that natural throwing the old pigskin around since Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> Next ad, please. This one's good. Really YouTube hours. Yeah, this, yeah, this is good. This is the, this is giving it away here. Spoiling the, uh, what you're about to see. <laughs> that phone is still with gummy bears. That's not a baby. Wet ribs, dry rub ribs. Look how bleak the landscape is here. 
Yeah, it looks like he's running for Prime Minister of Uzbekistan. <laughs> it's like, hey everybody, let's watch Mike Huckabee have a shitty time. Gangrene. Lars von Trier presents Large Stones. Here we go. It's about to drop. Oh, yes! Yeah. Yes! Stop, stop, stop. We're standing up. We're standing up. Uh, I don't know if you, you could have missed this, and it said, it said, Iowans love, they're picky, but they love their pizza ranch. Uh, Matt, can you describe to us for yeah. these New Yorkers yeah. what as pizza a, ranch is? As a demographic expert, I can tell you that pizza ranch is essentially the Applebee's of Iowa. It's a chain of pizza restaurants, and when you go to one, you can figure out who the influencers are in that community. You just walk into a pizza ranch, and you look at all the tables, and you say, who is at the head of those tables? Those are the influencers in Iowa. Um, now, there are two Iowans. This is Ron Fournier speaking, by the way. There are two Iowans. There are the Iowans who have access to credit cards and have never scammed a Domino's delivery driver for more Oxycontin. But then there's the Pizza Ranch, Iowa, where they do accept cash and stolen copper. And that's where Mike Huckabee is campaigning. Next ad, please. Hell yeah. Gotta love it, brother. Watch you, you man. means an end to unemployment, to foreclosures, to student debt, to climate change, and an end Marty to Marty Frank is fascinated by this. <laughs> change. We need a revolution. That's what we deserve. What we don't deserve is pandering irresponsible bullshit. As what? As Excitement for the Green Party increasing. I'm voting for Jill Stein! I bet these people feel pretty good about that now. We need a Green Party! We have the Oswald for Jill Stein! We need a Green Party president! Headline, more vaccines. I'm voting for Jill Stein. We need Jill Stein for president! Alright, you see chemtrails, chemtrails, chemtrails all over the world. Buy my sunflowers, people! Okay, uh, so... Matt talked about micro-targeting tonight, and that is an example of perfect micro-targeting. Jill Stein appealing to her biggest demographic, people who have public outbursts. <laughs> I like it, uh, uh, Matt said it was the Harvey Oswald for Jill Stein, but I like that everyone who popped out of one of those windows looked like they should have a hunting rifle from the book depository. Uh, next ad, please, this is the last one. This is what net neutrality does, by the way, guys. <laughs> it's bullshit. In this difficult day, this difficult time. Now, this is a Gary Johnson ad. Well and as you can hear, it's being narrated by noted libertarian Robert F. Kennedy. What we need in the United States is not division. What we need in the United States is not hatred. What we need in the United States is not violence but is love and wisdom and compassion toward one another. 
feeling of justice toward those who still suffer within our country. Or we can make an effort, as Martin Luther King did, to understand and replace that violence, that stain of bloodshed. The kid has a gun! The kid's running with a gun! Code blue! Code blue! This is like a Rich Piano video right here. Determination, dedication, more determination. Only 5% of people will vote for me. <laughs> that ad was filmed in the uh, just dark alleys where Gary Johnson supporters hang out. I like, so uh, you saw that mysterious little kid with a gun in the inner city? That is part of a libertarian pact where all libertarian candidates' ads must feature attacks on fleet-footed urban types, as per Ron Paul. Okay, uh, let's go back to the big board for a second. All right, back to the big board. Things look the same there on the big board, but uh, I think it's time now we should screen the final of the 33 short films about Chapo Trap House. It's an ad for smoking. Sometimes uh, I just like need to leave a room to smoke, uh, and it's not because I'm addicted to nicotine. If you think about it in history, most smokers who have gone up against non-smokers, like you got your your Pattons, you've got your uh, you got your Charles de Gaulle's, and you have Hitler who invented non-smoking, and like who won? Well, every time you put a smoker up against a non-smoker, the smoker is gonna win and no one talks about this. Like I, like I always say, it is what it is. I have to do this. It's how I'm able to do what I do. If you throw dippers into the mix, you throw in dip people, you just like broader tobacco use. Hookah, you have Saladin, you have Chris Kyle who dipped. And like if Hillary, if Hillary really wanted to win this, she wouldn't, she wouldn't pick up the habit. Most people don't approach these situations logically. That's how I approach every situation. I've never been surprised. Something never happens and I'm like, oh, I didn't expect that. No, I expect the unexpected, so I expect everything. The biggest reason you can't trust Donald Trump is that he doesn't, doesn't smoke. Doesn't use any type of tobacco. Doesn't use snuff. Rich people in America used to use snuff, and uh, it's kind of gone downhill since then. All right, let's bring those lights. Okay, thank you. All right, back to the big board. Virgil, <clears throat> it's now almost 10 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. What is the state of play? So, do you want, uh, how, about, how much do you want this? Uh, we got no choice. <laughs> uh, let me just say this for the final update. Uh, this race will come down to our firewall states, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Virginia, where uh, it looks like she will pull out a win in Virginia while losing North Carolina, Florida, and Ohio. 
Uh, I would guess Iowa as well. New Hampshire is too close to call. So this race comes down to friendly territory. It's a question of, did she fuck up? Uh, <laughs> second of all, like, okay, if voters are too immature to vote for somebody who, like, collapses and vomits all the time, jokes on them. I mean, I relate to that. Yeah. I gotta say, like, for me personally, uh, I was really hoping for a Trump speech tonight where he cuts a promo in America and just says, Election, it was rigged. Joke. I got generals, admirals, hundreds of them, they're calling me, they're saying, I'm commander-in-chief now. The army is yours. The state is yours. Let's go to the Javits Center and arrest her right now. He's not even going to fucking do that. Um, so, I mean, fuck, I hope the show is still funny. Yeah, you guys have a good time despite, you know, like, uh, hey, it happens. What? <laughs> live election results. Gotta love it, brother. <laughs> Gotta love reality, brother. Yeah, I think it's overrated. Okay, um... You guys remember MoveOn.org? It's coming back. <laughs> Air America. Hey, do you think the Daily Show Chapel and Air America? Do you think the Daily Show will be funny again? <laughs> they, all those libs were right. Like John Stewart, uh, he should have said those. Wow. Yeah, if that motherfucker hadn't retired, we would be in Easy Street right now. Uh, like, hey, man. Look at the silver lining. I view it as a victory for civility when they donated, when the libs donated two hundred thousand dollars to Trump's North Carolina campaign. Good work, guys. Good work. Uh, yeah, she's probably going to lose that. Uh, you got it's because of the disenfranchisement thing, the the hill, the reptile as well. Hey guys, remember spirit cooking? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> okay, your closing thoughts, gentlemen? Fuck it. <laughs> Fucking Bill Mitchell, you magnificent bastard. He did it! He did Woo! I told you, Felix said that Bill Mitchell was gaslighting me and making me insane, but... Uh, I was wrong! You were wrong. You were wrong. wrong. So, no matter what happens tonight, you know, it's a 50-50 thing. No matter what happens... Uh, I'm sorry, I, I, like, I start sentences and I don't really... What's the most you've ever lost in a coin toss? <laughs> Look, we've done market research. Most of you don't have kids. It's fine. It's whatever. Yeah, you'll be, you'll be fine. The next 30 or 40 years until cardiovascular disease or cancer catch up with you, you'll be fine. You're not, don't you, worry don't about. To, you don't have to ship out. Yeah. I have a plan. <laughs> Mind you, Trump! I can walk! Thanks you guys for all coming out! Thanks to Genius for hosting us! Thanks to Tim Faust for doing the t-shirts! Thanks to James and Domian!
tip out to the teachers. Thanks to the bartenders. Please tip them. Thanks to Brendan James, our producer. Thanks to all you guys. Show and enjoying yourselves under, a, a, you know, weird circumstances. Uh, I, should I make the call? No, 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 no. All I gotta say, yeah, we. I mean, we basically know what's gonna happen. I'm not gonna say, but. I mean, uh, why don't I just say? I mean, like it's like, okay, stuff like uh, thank you. Uh, all right, uh, in Hillary's firewall in the state of Wisconsin, that's ten electoral votes. She has no margin of error. Trump has a lead of about two to three percent right there. The remaining precincts are not enough to come in for Hillary Clinton. Donald Trump will be elected the 45th president of the United States. Hey everybody. Hey everybody, a lot of people ate shit. Bill Mitchell was right. Bill but you know Mitchell what? was right. You know what? Bill Mitchell will be replacing Matt Chrisman uh, in the travel. No, uh, seriously guys though, uh, thanks so much for coming out. But the most important announcement is that we're all headed to Union Grounds on Smith Street. That's Union Grounds. After we work out all our money shit. Uh, yeah, we're going to be headed tonight. to Union Grounds on Smith Street. Uh, I hope you guys will all come out and join us. Yeah. All right? Love that boy. Thanks Felix. for coming out. We love you guys. Felix Thank you for having a great stream. For obvious reasons. I'm going to put this on my back.